you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We're certainly thankful that you take time out of your day to, uh, you know, be part of this broadcast, be part of this community. It's pretty exciting. And uh, we've been moving along. We've been looking about at things when trouble comes. And uh, today we're kind of keeping that going, but we're looking at it from a position of temptation. So we know that temptation is an allure to sin, wanting us to lure us in. The devil uh, wants us to sin. We know that, you know, sin is as simple as um, anything that would be against God's will, anything that wouldn't be holy, anything that's in your life uh, that would take your relationship and hurt it a little bit. We know that that's what it's talking about there. And so whenever we see temptation, we know that temptation is uh, something to lure us away from a great working relationship with God. That's what temptation is. Temptation is the devil wanting to uh, mess with our relationship with God. If God can't, if the devil can't have your soul and God has your soul, then the devil wants your life. So I was telling you guys that I, I had a, a simple procedure the other day, some procedures on my stomach. And while I was there, uh, I remember every time I see this doctor, he's just the greatest guy. He's Debbie and uh, my stomach doctor. And and uh, as you get older, you have categories of doctors, you see. But anyway, he put his arm around me, and he, he, as he was saying goodbye, and he looked at me, and he said, don't forget to live while you're alive, Doug. And uh, uh, the devil doesn't want us to live while we're alive. He doesn't want us to have that relationship. So here we are. We're Kevin, we find Kevin. He's halfway across the country. Uh, he's out yep. there uh, with, with Brother Brian Hedge the folks out there, Heartland, uh, over in Harrisonville. How's it going, Kevin? It's going great, man. I'm headed east, been out west for six months or more, and actually since last August. So, um, yeah, nine months, and I'm headed headed back. Uh, yeah, going to end up seeing a couple of my kids and grandkids and my mother. And Yeah, I'll be on the east, east coast, get to get to see my friend Doug Carragher, too. Hey, man, soon you'll be crossing that Mississippi River. And, I will uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Is that cool or what? You know, the Bible teaches when we talk about temptation, I'm glad. I'm, I think it's time to get back east. And, you know, figuring out this trip, it kind of worked out well. You, you pretty much had decent weather for these past six months. And, uh, well, we've yep. been dealing with all the yuck of the east side. Uh, but, you know, I'm thinking about 1 Corinthians 10.13 always comes to my mind. It's something, you know, I don't even have to spend a lot of time sitting there when I think about temptation. Uh, but the Lord reminds us over there. He says, there had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Now, people wrongly make all kinds of assertions here and statements, and they'll say things like, God won't throw nothing at you that you can't handle, you know, or, or things like that. They'll tear apart this verse. And, and though there's some truth to that and stuff like that, I want to look at this verse today as this. We're being allured towards sin all the time. 
You turn on the TV, sins being flashed before your eyes. You walk out here in the world, sins being flashed before your eyes. You go to Walmart, it's like watching uh, R-rated movies from 1969. I mean, it's, uh, uh, or X-rated, I mean, it's just so crazy now. But God wants to say, when this temptation comes, and it's coming, it's coming, and you're going to be tempted, and, and I know what's common to a man. I know what you're going through. Hey, guys, I made you, but I made you this way for a reason. I made you this way so you'd realize that I'm faithful, and I'm not going to let you be tempted above nothing that not only you can't handle, but with me. You can blow this away. I'm giving you a way to escape. Folks, can I, I, I hey, I'm going to ruin it for you, all right? I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, the way is God. The way out is looking up. <laughs> the way up is saying, God, I need you. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the way out is saying, listen, I'm here for you. So, Kevin, God, God allows temptation, and it tries us. And, and it makes us better, but as we mature, as we get patient, we find ourselves saying, ah, oh, that's that silly old devil again. God, we need your help. So how do we get from that person that gets allured, that gets stuck in sin, that's, that's mired in the clay of sin, to that person that said, here comes the devil again, go away. Get thee behind me, Satan. I serve God. How do we get there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, the only thing that's in our court is our choice, and uh, God helps us to make the choice by showing us, you know, highlighting how bad sin is. You know, someone said conviction is when God shows this, the mind, the condition of the heart, so God helps us to make a decision that that was a bad choice, and then on the good side, that, that Jesus Christ is so good, and trauma, unfortunately, leads us to a place of darkness sometimes. And darkness means we close our eyes and and deny that there's light. We deny that there's even, you know, a way out of the pit. We feel like we're buried when there is light at the top. And then, well, no, the light at the end of the tunnel, that's a train. You know, bitterness <laughs> does that kind of thing. Bitter, bitterness and, and fear causes us to, um, causes us to make the wrong decision based on incorrect data and the incorrect data is we've been exposed to some kind of junk and because of the junk then life is junk god is junk everybody's you know their systemic evil is uh, you know the society's a systemic patriarchy of racists you know all this junk you know and it's it's a bad way of thinking but what we what we need to do is is to agree, like we said yesterday, to agree, uh, like uh, I think it was Elihu in the book of Job that said, if God looks upon men and if any say I have sinned and done that which profited me not. So if we if we just agree with God um, and say, Lord, I made a wrong choice. And when I got into the darkness, I agreed with darkness. And But you have opened my eyes of faith. And, and I'm agreeing with God. I'm agreeing against myself. I'm agreeing against my feelings. And, and, and I'm, I'm coming out of the darkness. And you're exactly right, Doug, because when people get into trauma and into a dark place, sin seems like the only um, answer that, that is going to really satisfy. And, and we, 
we God shows us that we have no future in that, and uh, He shows us the futures in Him. Yeah, there's yeah. it's it's right there, brother, and that's a good point. And you know, we can't help but find that that verse in the book of James: "Submit yourself, uh, chapter four, seven. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee you." So what Kevin was just talking about, we, what we got in this whole thing is just a choice. It's just this, uh, you know, God has given us this free will thing. And, and folks, free will is the greatest thing that God ever gave us, and it's the worst thing that God ever gave us. And, mm. uh, and, and, and so it's this catch-22 thing. But then God reminds us, hey, if you submit to me, if you're saved, and you're trusting me alone, uh, you know, the devil's going to flee from me when you tell him to flee from me. He's gone. You got the Holy Spirit of God in you. You're in Christ. We're going to, brother, we have to do a whole broad broadcast on in Christ. We got to yeah, do that. Be good. Uh, you know, just what that means to us. It, Go weak. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also I think, you know, um, you know, we remember where, where God talks to us. And I remember when I was a young Christian, one of those verses that we had to learn, you know, we all had that pastor uh, that gave you those memory verses and we had a verse every week. And one of them was be sober, be vigilant. Because the adversary, your devil, I know it's in First Peter, as it were in lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, right? And so that idea of being sober is not only being sober, not drinking, not doing drugs, things of that nature. But being sober is when trouble comes and when life's upside down and when you're in flight or fright or all kinds of different things or fight or flight or you're in the middle of all those things, stop for a minute. Stop for a minute, reach inside you, pull out the cerebral side of you and mm -hmm. say, well, what's actually going on here? What's real? Lord, help me think about this and be vigilant and say, no, devil, get behind me. Mm -hmm. Because the devil is like a roaring lion. Years ago, I read that during World War II, they shut off all the electricity in London and in the zoo in London, Debbie and I were just there a short while back. It's a little bit outside of town. Now everything's in town. But at that time, miles away, people could hear the roaring lion. So I think what we're seeing, miles, because the lights were off. They couldn't understand what was going on. They weren't being fed. They weren't being watered. Bombing was going on. But you could hear that roaring lion. And if you listen, if you submit yourself and you listen, you can hear the roaring. If you listen, you can say, man, that old devil's coming after me. Folks, mm -hmm. that old devil's coming after me. But you have to listen. You have to be sober. You have to be vigilant. You can't give up. You can't give up. We'll be right back. Hey, hang with us for a minute. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So I have three sisters, and I was raised with three sisters. One's in heaven now, my sister Deborah, and I have a brother whom I never met who's in heaven as well. Um, but just a long story short, my second oldest member of our family, my second oldest sister, uh, had a boyfriend, and her boyfriend was a karate expert. He had like a third-degree black belt in karate. And this guy would get students by freaking people out. So 
<laughs> I mean, it was like, you never know who's walking around the corner. And so he starts going out with my sister and he's got me so freaked out that I'm hitchhiking or walking seven miles to Jewett city, Connecticut from Voluntown to take karate lessons. And, uh, <laughs> and every single time I had a karate lesson, I'm ashamed to admit this. All right. But every single time I had a karate lesson, I was more freaked out. Man, I would leave there. I'd be looking at people coming around the corner. I could spin around in a circle and hit people. I could attack people. But about five lessons in, Kevin, and I'm not kidding you, about five lessons in, I was so freaked out about the bad people in the world. We were learning how to throat punch people, how to, how to, do, how to get out of a half Nelson, how to get out of a full Nelson, how to kick people, how to work our way around, how to bite, how to spit. I mean, everything terrible we were learning. And uh, so my sister's boyfriend, he had me so freaked out that I went home that night and I pushed my bed against the bedroom just so there'd be some weight there so if the enemy tried to come in i'd have time to get get ready in the ready position to on guard you know and uh, and at this point i had already bought a little knife and stuff so I, if anyone pushed on that door i pushed on so i pushed the bed right up against the door about six feet across the room and i slept that way and i remember that night my mother had done had finished some laundry for me and she went to open the door and it went oh open. no so she banged on the door. So I went over there and I pushed the bed aside and opened the door. And she said, what's, what's wrong, Douglas? And I said, Ma, I said, I've been going to these classes with Rusty and I'm all freaked out. And, uh, you know, I'm worried about people coming in the room. I'm on guard. I bought a knife. And, uh, and she said, yeah, you karate chopped a dog yesterday. I said, yeah, I said, I'm just freaking out. And I'll never forget what my mother said. My mother said, stop it. So we're not talking about that kind of stupidity. We're talking about just listen up, pay attention, be sober, be in the game, be cerebral, be in the word of God every single day. And God will show us the old devil and he'll tell us what we got to do to get rid of him. Submit yourselves to him. He'll take care of it, Kevin. Yeah, he sure will. You know, this whole uh, martial arts thing, I, I don't want to say this whole like everyone thinks this oftentimes the martial arts thing is people hear stories about injustice you know someone is attacked unjustly some some vulnerable little female gal is is you know jumped by some some big bad guys and it's just so the 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 injustice is traumatizing you hear a story like that and it's it's it 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 can trigger fears and and so forth and it's it's good it's needed because like you're saying it puts you in a in a mode of doing something about it and the mode um of of the the, the trauma of injustice can also going back to this choice thing can also the temptation would be I can, I can see or hear about an injustice done to someone else and I can make bad decisions. My spirit, my heart can make bad decisions. You know, Doug, I met a Marine years ago, an active duty Marine. It was on Camp Pendleton, California. We were staying at a campground on the, uh, in our RV. This is 11 years ago, something like that. And uh, we were at Lake O'Neill campground by what was the Navy hospital. And, um, and so we were discipling this Marine. Uh, we had met him in a church. He's just a great guy. He loved us, and we had him for lunch or something like that. We were cooking in the fire ring there at um, Camp Pendleton at our campsite. Just had a great time. And he was a happy-go-lucky Marine. He was getting out, though. And he was getting out, to be honest with you, 
in bitterness. And he had made a choice because this is what happened. He saw some injustice committed by, unfortunately, according to what he said, by some some of the, the some of the Marine Corps, some of some of the leadership or something like that. It had some somewhat to do with he disagreed with the doctrine uh, of 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 the way they were executing some things when he was in Korea and so forth when he was stationed in Korea. Uh, it didn't have to do with the current war directly that was going on, you know, eleven years ago. But it was just. Um, he saw some things and he was, he was basically saying, look, if you've seen what I've seen, you'd get out of the military. And in fact, his, his view was this, um, that, uh, you know, as, as, as they were seeing, um, I'm trying to think how he put it, but it basically was this, look, the military eats their own brother, Kevin, the military eats their own and it takes a while to realize that, but sooner or later you'll realize that and you'll get out of it. And so I, I wasn't in the military. We were reaching the military and I, you know, it was, I didn't want to judge him from the outside looking in. I didn't know his trauma. You cannot assume you understand how he feels. I didn't know how he feels, but I do know this in a broad principle, it is easy to become disillusioned hurt and bitter about life if you see an injustice and an abuse of power and and you see someone else hurt you can you know the bible says don't take up a reproach against someone else don't take up someone else's offense don't say well if they're not going to be offended i'll be offended for them don't ever do that um that's not taking that's not taking up their um their cause, their cause is best taken up by, in his case, saying, hey, the Constitution is bigger than this incident that took place. Our nation still needs to be defended. And I'm not going to abandon hope and I'm not going to abandon my country because of some junk that took place. And, you know, just thank God there is every reason to still serve God. But when you see some you know, God allowing, quote, allowing some injustice to take place. Don't make the bad choice. It's a dark choice to say, well, I tell you what, there's no there's no reason for any Christian to stay in church. Look what his pastor did. Look what his deacon did. There's no I'll, I'm quitting on God. There are people out there today that probably have broached that decision and you made it you made it poorly based on bad judgment because of the darkness of your situation. And you don't need to do that. You need to realize the Bible's still true. It's way bigger than this incident. In fact, the Bible talks about many unjust injustices and that God's wheels of justice are spinning and he will deal severely with it. But we need to stay on the fighting side for right and stay in our place, stay in our lane for God and not make a bad choice because of darkness. Yeah, God is faithful. You know, uh, you know, remember that verse we started with, there is no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. And that, that situation you just gave, brother, is so prevalent in Christianity today where people, uh, can I just admit it right now, folks, uh, you know, spoiler alert, there's a lot of knuckleheads out there that call themselves Christians. And spoiler alert, some are Christians, 
But, you know, we still have a responsibility to serve God who's faithful. We still have a responsibility. Yep. Hey, if things... If, if things can't be worked out where you're at and the pastor where you're at is the knucklehead that's causing the problems, you know, we, we still have a responsibility to serve God. We still have a responsibility to get away from temptation, and we move out smartly. And uh, I'm glad that Kevin shared the story of the Marine because there's so many people. I, I can't tell you, probably a 1,000 people in my time in my military career in 26 years, the last 17 being in personnel and probably a thousand people sat across from my desk and gave me reasons why they were getting out of the military and probably 10 and they didn't come to my office unless it was ugly. And probably 10% of them would say, well, this guy, well, are you going to let this guy change everything? Now, we serve a God. We're not going to let this guy or this gal do it. Folks, we sure do love you. I can't believe this week went by so quick. But come back Monday. We're going to be talking about what it's like to be in Christ. May God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.